Welcome to The Dynamic Decade, a podcast focused on the economy, energy, and innovation. Your host today is Ron Hayes. Howdy, neighbors. Welcome back to another edition of The Dynamic Decade. Ron Hayes with you today, and joining us uh, to have a conversation is Rob Gramlich, the founder and president of Grid Strategies, LLC. Rob, appreciate you being along with us today. Maybe tell our friends uh, listening in today, what is Grid Strategies? Yeah, hello, Ron. Uh, Grid Strategies is a consulting firm that focuses on transmission and the clean energy evolution taking place across the country. We do some work in different regions, including the central region and also here in the Washington, D.C. area where I live uh, in, and work um, on uh, national infrastructure policy. Rob, as you, uh, as you uh, work in our nation's capital area and as a lobbyist, as a representative for clean energy, uh, what exactly are, are you seeing right now uh, as we have, we're making the transition from the Trump administration to the Biden administration? You know, uh, what are you anticipating regarding, uh, you know, some, some changes in attitude, changes in who you're obviously going to have to be talking to and the like? Sure. Well, transmission and clean energy are one of those areas that really could be the subject of bipartisan cooperation. And, of course, here in Washington, uh, that's um, that's hard to find these days, uh, <laughs> as it is in many, many states. Uh, but we, you know, we make the case and we have a lot of good um, uh, relationships with uh, a lot of uh, conservative lawmakers who are from large, often rural states that stand to gain a lot from economic development. You know, the, the renewable resource of this country, 88 percent is concentrated in 15 central states. And so those uh, representatives of those central states know very well how much tax base, you know, how much economic development they're getting from all the generation. They're also hearing increasingly about transmission. Um, and uh, you, you really got to get that remote resource to the population centers. Um, and uh, and so it's it's like you need highways for your, your, your grain and what other, you know, all the agricultural commodities. Uh, and so there's an increasing recognition of the need for transmission infrastructure. And you mentioned uh, the Biden-Harris administration. They just issued uh, a statement today about their climate plans that involves uh, mentions transmission and we'll see what the details are and how that plays out but there's 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 been increasingly a recognition from most Democrats here in Washington and as well as many states that you know if you care a lot about climate you really need to uh, access clean remote low-cost resources and to do that again you need transmission so there, there does seem to be alignment so I'm just hoping the tone changes here in Washington, and we get people working together to, to move some of that forward. Let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, the uh, the transmission grid that uh, stretches all across the United States. Uh, maybe give us a little bit of a tutorial about you know the the state of the union when it comes to our, our current national electric grid. Yeah, the state of our, our union and the transmission grid, I, I, I'd say, is, is somewhere between. Uh, a bunch of disconnected country roads and an interstate <laughs> highway system. So we'd love to have a whole interstate highway system for transmission because literally you could be moving surplus solar power out of Oklahoma up to Minnesota during the day and, and the wind power from Minnesota 
back down to Oklahoma at night or, or into the southeast and back and forth in and out of Florida um, and, you know, east and west across multiple solar time zones. That's uh, that's really the macro scale that eventually we have the opportunity to, to get to. Uh, but we see it every day in the what's called the Southwest Power Pool. And then uh, ERCOT operates the Texas grid. You see power moving back and forth. So we've we've built some pretty good transmission in um, both of those regions, the eight states above Texas, as well as in the Texas grid. Uh, and that's the reason we've got so much renewables um, developing in those states. But, you know, we need uh, we need to sort of do that again. It, uh, there was a big build out started about 10 years ago. And then we. Um, you know, sort of uh, moved on to other things. Well, we need to get back to that in uh, in those areas. And uh, we need to start working on interregional uh, transmission, which we've never really done. Uh, the agency in Washington, Federal Energy Regulatory Commission, FERC, uh, has tried to do that, but it, it didn't work. And so one of the things we're working on here in Washington, uh, as well as at the regional level, uh, is to try to get that interregional cooperation going to to get some of those uh, bigger highways built. I guess we're we're talking uh, literally about trying to to marry up uh, fossil fuel uh, trans uh, energy transmission and and integrating integrating it with uh, these uh, renewable sources, right? Yeah, uh, you know, there's a lot of gas generation, for example, in Texas and. Um, the south central states and uh, they'll i think still be part of the portfolio and you know those plants can um you know ramp up and down over the course of the day or or even hours uh when the wind is blowing hard or or uh or it dies down uh or the sun comes up and goes down so you, you have essentially you have a, a a big pool a power pool of all these resources operating together as a as a whole there's kind of a system operator that's kind of the orchestra conductor keeping everything uh balanced and, and working for a reliable power system but yeah you know i think we there's a there's definitely a uh, been a a growth of kind of a, a gas wind solar with uh increasingly some battery storage uh type of portfolio um and it all works together pretty well I guess what the uh, the battery component uh, at that commercial level, at that uh, that utility level, that's that's really important, isn't it? Yeah. Again, it's like an orchestra. Each each um, uh, musician plays their part, um, but you know the violin's not playing the percussion and vice versa, right? So the battery storage is really good at those uh, short, you know, one to four hour, you know, discharging and charging to, to balance. Um, but it's not there for much more than four hours. So, you know, the gas plants can be there for a whole day or a week or more. Um, and, uh, you know, so they're each, each kind of, you know, different, uh, you know, different sections of the orchestra. When we think about uh, uh, our grid and the modernization that you that you're speaking of, uh, where does uh, in other words, uh, where do we get the wherewithal to do that? The the economic wherewithal is uh, is is this uh, currently uh, a you know a a uh, deal that actually does make make some economic sense? Yeah, the challenge with transmission is it's. Um it's like a monopoly business. It's like a public utility 
um, and it's a local one, right? We've The electric industry grew up with a bunch of individual utilities serving local areas with local generation. So we don't really have a, a regional or national structure to um, invest in and, and uh, recover costs for uh, that type of infrastructure. We don't tend to you. We just have, haven't as a country decided that we should use taxpayer money for these big transmission highways like we do for actual highways. Um, you know, we could, but we haven't yet done that. So the, the challenge um, that we work on in Washington and some of the um, go around to different uh, states is to say, hey, we we kind of have a gap in our system. We need to figure out a way to, to do this. It could be ultimately you know, ratepayer funded, people could pay through their rates or it could be to some extent taxpayer funded. Uh, and of course, you want to do it fairly. You want to have the, the beneficiaries of it pay more than, you know, those who uh, who don't use it. Although, you know, everybody uses the, the highways and everybody uses uh, transmission highways to some extent. So that's what we're trying to figure out is to sort of figure out, you know, who's who's in charge and who pays how much for these lines. We're talking to you today with uh, Rob Gramlich uh, with the Grid Strategies LLC. And Rob, one of the other hats that you wear uh, is uh, an executive director p- position with Americans for a Clean Energy Grid. T- tell us about that. Yeah, we bring together a diverse coalition of supporters of large scale uh, regional and interregional transmission. So we've got utilities, transmission developers, renewable energy companies. Uh, organized labor, uh, environmental groups, um, and uh, really just anybody who who uh, sees for whatever reason that that's beneficial. And we put together reports and communications to policymakers in Congress and at uh, agencies, mainly in in Washington. Um, but you know, hopefully, uh, it's useful in different regions and states. As well, one thing we're doing actually today, if uh, anybody wanted to look on the cleanenergygrid.org website, we've got a, um, a webinar with uh, all nine former chairs from both parties going back to 1993 of the Federal Energy Regulatory Commission uh, to talk about how, how FERC uh, can take the lead on some uh, on this large-scale transmission initiative. They've got uh, the authorities to, to do it, and uh, we think it's time for them to do it. So we're putting out a report, and we, again, we've got all, all the chairs, some of whom I used to work for at FERC, um, you know, together. And it's a good bipartisan group, uh, which is uh, really nice in, in some of this work. There really is bipartisan and just nonpartisan cooperation. So that's uh, that's one example of the types of things we do. I guess that uh, when you say large scale, that that kind of goes back to that uh, that uh, comparison to the interstate highway system. Yeah, that's right. So if um, if we can get um, people working on these large scale highways that uh, go you know across and between states, that's what we're looking for in transmission. You know, let, let, let's talk a little bit about uh, you know that concept as far as trying to. Uh, share these clean energy resources all across the country. How important is that to uh, our our national outlook? Our national, I guess, maybe national security picture. Is is this a, is this a consideration? It is a national security consideration. Uh, you know, one thing you think about. Um, 
every military base we have in the country. And, you know, one thing they're trying to do and, and definitely should is put into into place some microgrids, which is just, you know, local on-site generation. But the thing about those is there's there's no way for those to operate long enough or at the scale enough to support all the all the people, the human resources that come and live off base and, and all the supplies that need to serve the, those bases um, from all around the state or the region, you know, if there were a significant and extended power outage, right? So the military bases for national security purposes need the, the whole interstate transmission network to be online and operating through thick and thin, through any type of severe weather or intentional attack or anything else. And the way to do that is with redundancy, right? The transmission network is a network. So uh, what you do to make it reliable is you make it so that the loss of any one element, like literally if somebody shot down a transformer or a line, the, the network wouldn't go down because it's a web of interconnected lines that all support each other. Um, and so that's sort of how utilities have always planned the system. But if you take national security and reliability and resilience into account, you would sort of bolster that and strengthen the network connections and do more uh, across and between regions than we've got today. I know that uh, when we start thinking about uh, national security issues, we do obviously think about uh, uh, the federal government response. We've heard a lot of talk uh, already from the Biden administration about uh, wanting to come up with uh, uh, carbon neutral, uh, carbon uh, uh, less less carbon reliant uh, sources of energy uh, within uh, a decade, or in some cases even a little a little less than that. Where where are we going with some of these? Uh, I guess uh, goals and things that are kind of out there uh, regarding uh, helping the clean energy really uh, take on a bigger bigger responsibility for the load? Yeah, well, I, I see a clear path to something like 90% decarbonization, of so 90% reduction in the carbon emissions from our power sector uh, and using electricity to power a lot of transportation and building heating. You know, heat pumps in your home are now really cost-effective and even work in cold climates. And of course, uh, I love my electric car. I don't know about you, but I'll never go back. Um, so I can really see that happening, you know, with or without federal policy. I, I think a lot of utilities, most of them, almost all around the country have significant goals uh, to reduce their carbon. Uh, there's a way to make it work. And there are, utilities are all coming around to basically the common view where you get a combination of wind solar storage, you know, energy storage, batteries, uh, transmission, and then uh, probably, you know, some amount of existing nuclear and gas plants to stay on the system for a rainy day. Um, and that, you know, leads to a reliable portfolio. Everybody wants reliability to, to stay on, uh, just, you know, stay as reliable as it is. So uh, that would work. I really see it happening. Certainly, the federal government and the Biden-Harris administration can accelerate it, and I believe they will do everything in their power to do that. Um, uh, and so it's just a matter of time. It could be relatively fast or relatively slow, but I, I see it definitely happening. What will that mean as far as utility costs back to that average consumer? I think uh, electricity rates will, if anything, go down, slightly down. Uh, the, the thing is, uh, wind and solar costs have plummeted and, and storage battery costs have plummeted. 
in recent years, and there's no reason to expect they'll they'll uh, change course in the future. So, the question then is, you know, how do you access all of that uh, good, high quality resource? Most of it's on uh, farmland somewhere, and you know the, the farmers uh, benefit or ranchers. Um, and so if you can access that cheap uh, energy, even if you pay for the transmission, then the total delivered cost of the generation plus the transmission gets to the end user at a very cost effective rate. You know, you can you can produce uh, generation in, uh, say, Oklahoma for two cents. Uh, you can deliver it over transmission to two cents then get, you know, four or five states away and deliver some pretty cheap delivered power at four cents a kilowatt hour. You talk about uh, one of, the, one of your uh, part of your mission statement for grid strategies is this uh, concept of decarbonization. You've, you've kind of alluded to that a couple of times, but but really kind of flesh that out a little bit. What, what do you really mean when you do talk about decarbonization? Yeah, well, to meet um, greenhouse gas emissions targets that are needed to uh, you know keep a keep a stable climate and meet international agreements. Uh, we we need to reduce carbon in our power system and reduce carbon in our transportation and building sectors. And the cost-effective way to do that is largely with wind and solar energy powering electricity and then using electricity to power more transportation like electric vehicles uh, and, uh, you know, heat homes and buildings. And that's all – the nice thing is that's all cost-effective now. And, you know, we have other technologies like – uh, LED light bulbs are really high quality and they use a lot less energy than the old incandescent. So there's other, other ways in the, in the whole energy system to, um, reduce our, our greenhouse gases in a cost effective and affordable way. We haven't figured everything out. There's a need for innovation and, uh, and research and development. And that's why, you know, power markets are good at markets for electricity, uh, because then it's competition. Uh, between all sources, and that leads to the most innovative, best uh, products to uh, to to win out. So um, we actually have wholesale electricity competition. We, uh, Texas has uh, retail competition. I think that's great too, but most states don't don't have that. But at any rate, that's uh, that's the decarbonization agenda: is some innovation along with um, you know advancing the technologies we know that. Uh, that provide reliable electricity at low cost, so uh, led by wind and solar, but a whole portfolio that works together. Rob, uh, kind of the start of our conversation, we talked a little bit about uh, uh, kind of the state of our grid across the country, our, our electric grid. What are the next steps in your mind of modernizing it and making it where it can fully utilize all the sources of clean energy that are available. Yeah, well, I'd love to see more recognition at the state level for the importance of transmission um, uh, and more and better use of the rights of way that we have. Right, It's very hard to establish a new right of way for a new line. We're going to need to do some of that, uh, but let's also maximize the rights of way we have. And that's a very uh, that's a local and a kind of a state initiative. So I, I encourage people to keep their eyes open for opportunities to weigh in and, and just recognize that those sometimes those local decisions and debates and discussions are part of a larger you know national whole for national security energy security environmental protection 
as well as you know growing uh, jobs in, uh, in in all the generation that's uh, that, that wants to attach to that uh, that transmission infrastructure. Success in our uh, in our grid modernization probably is a key for clean energy success. Is that is that a fair statement? That's absolutely true. Rob Gramlich with Grid Strategies LLC. Thank you so much for being along with us today for this edition of the Dynamic Decade. I'm Ron Hayes. We'll see you down the road real soon. Thanks for joining us. The Dynamic Decade starts today. 